Act Two of Alias Miss Sherlock by Arthur Lewis Tubbs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene, Parlor or Reception Room in the New York Residence of Mrs. Brewster, handsomely furnished. An alcove or hallway across left upper entrance shows staircase and leads to front door off left. There is a hall rack in alcove. Door left second entrance, another in flat right centre and one right. Table down right centre with few books, etc. Smaller table or stand up right centre with telephone. Also button of electric call bell. Davenport left, chairs, etc. At rise, doorbell is ringing off left upper entrance. Enter Henson right, crosses, exits left upper exit. As he exits, enter Mrs. Brewster downstairs. Comes down to right centre, just in time to receive Ralph Deering, who is shown in by Henson. He hands light topcoat, hat and cane to Henson, who leaves them on rack and exits right. Deering comes down to centre. Mr. Deering, how good of you to call so soon. I am delighted to see you. Delighted to be here, I assure you. Miss Brewster was kind enough to write me when you were to return, and... You see, I have lost little time in coming. And you are a welcome visitor. The first we have had. We returned much earlier than usual, you know. I had some business to attend to, and, well, we were satiated with rural felicity. For we were quite in the country, you know. On a farm, in fact. Quite a change, I should imagine, from former seasons. They are seated. Decidedly. But just what we required after a strenuous social season, and very beneficial to both Helen and myself, neither of us felt equal to Bar Harbor or Newport. And they have become such an old story summer after summer, so I thought it an excellent opportunity to visit my sister back at our old home. Oh yes, a decided change. Quite the thing, however, you know, for tired nerves and all that. But rather irksome, no doubt, after a while. Terribly so. But then, it was years since I had seen my sister, and I felt guilty, having so long neglected her. So I summoned courage to go and make her a little visit. It did her so much good, dear soul. I felt fully rewarded. I have brought her home with me. Ah, for a little glimpse of city life, I suppose. Yes, her first. I had quite a task persuading her to come. She has always been such a homebody. Formally resisted all my importunities to come and stay with me. Of course, she is quite out of her element here. Not that she is not a dear, but such a little country mouse. So shy. I'm sure you understand. She rises. He does the same. I will call Helen. She will be delighted to see you. Goes up. Presses button. You think so? I'm sure of it. Enter Henson, right. Henson, inform Miss Brewster that Mr. Deering is here. 
You will find her in her room. Exit Hanson, left upper exit, up the stairs. I think you understand what my feelings are toward your daughter, Mrs. Brewster. At least, I hope you will not be displeased if I tell you that it is my desire to make her my wife. Nothing could give me greater happiness. Ah, to be sure of my dear child's future, in your care, it would indeed be a blessing. The greater share would be bestowed upon me, I am sure. But may I hope that Miss Brewster, Helen... You will meet with no discouragement in that direction, I am sure. She pauses as she sees Helen, who comes downstairs. Deering also sees her goes part way up centre to meet her. Helen comes down, greets him with politeness but little show of warmth. Miss Brewster, it has been a long time. Henson comes downstairs, exits right. How do you do, Mr. Deering? It is very kind of you to call so soon after our return. I was only too glad to have the opportunity. In fact, I came up from my country place expressly for the purpose of being the first to welcome you. How very, very kind of you, was it not, Helen? Most kind, I am sure. Mrs. Brewster, who has gone upright. I hope you'll stay to dinner, Mr. Deering, and take such as we can offer you. Uh, things are not wholly in running order yet, but... Thank you, but I scarcely think I shall be able to do so today. May I not hope to come again soon? Indeed, yes. Only let us know. And now, if you will excuse me. He assents. She exits right. I hear you had a very quiet summer, Miss Brewster. Quite in the midst of rural felicity. Oh, that is what Mother calls it, is it? I am afraid she would speak in less poetic terms if she were to express her real opinion. We were unutterably bored. I thought it would never end. I think I understand. You were not in the right setting there, you who were made for big places, for brilliant crowds, regal surroundings, where you can reign as queen. Helen, smiling, with a lift of her eyebrows. Dear me, who is getting poetic now? You honor me too much. No, no, I could not do that. He gets close to her, speaking with a warmth of feeling which repels her, though she means to encourage him. In spite of herself, however, slightly drawing away. You know my feelings for you. This is not the first time I have tried to express them. Miss Brewster, Helen, tell me I don't hope in vain, that I may make you the happiest woman in the world. Ah, oh, that is a pretty big order. Do you think you could fill it? Only let me try. I can give you all that a woman can wish. A beautiful home. Gorgeous clothes, jewels, you shall have everything that money can buy. You shall lead them all, have what you will, do what you choose. I am afraid it takes more than all that to make a woman happy, Mr. Deering. Some women. But devotion, love, all my heart. And isn't that what you would expect in return? Love, devotion, and if I could not give them? You could give yourself, your radiant beautiful self. That is what I want, you. You. He is about to take her in his arms. 
She shows at first some shrinking, but makes an effort to yield, is about to do so when the doorbell rings. This gives her the opportunity to turn from him. He is compelled to release her with some annoyance. Enter Henson right. Crosses, exits, left, upper exit. Will you go in the library? I will join you there. Deering, again approaching her, but she goes part way up centre. He desists, goes right. Very well. I will wait for you there, anxiously. Don't be long. No, I will come to you at once. Exit Deering, right. Helen shudders slightly, with evident repulsion and relief in his absence. She is right centre. Enter Henson, left upper entrance. Mr. Fillmore. Helen's attitude changes. Her expression brightens, denoting pleasure, which she is unable to conceal. You may show him in, Henson. Exit Henson, left upper exit. Helen stands looking up left upper entrance expectantly. For the moment she becomes her natural self, greeting Leonard Fillmore cordially when he appears. Enter Leonard Fillmore, left upper entrance, followed by Henson, who exits right. Mr. Fillmore, this is quite a surprise. How do you do? Fine, thanks, and feeling better still now. Needn't ask how you are. You're looking scrumptious. My, all of that? Mm, well, apples agree with me, you know. And mild dinners. Squash pie? Say, the farm lost all its charm after you left. Uh, excuse me, I guess there's no law against paying a few compliments. I'm a lawyer, and I know, you see, if a fellow means him. With you and Miss Newcomb both gone, well, it was too much for me. One cannot imagine the farm without Aunt Sarah. How glad she will be to see you. I suppose she will. How is she? She's well. A bit homesick, though, I fear. But brave, as I also try to be. But it's hard with all we have on our minds, and trying to keep it from Mother. So she doesn't know yet? No. I want to keep it from her as long as possible. She has enough to bear. Oh, Mr. Fillmore, what is going to happen? Do you think they will find my brother? Convict him? I cannot think of it. I dare not. We're going to do everything there is to be done for him, and I feel it in my bones. Everything will come out all right. Why, I don't see how fate itself could defeat such a spirit as your Aunt Sarah shows. She's just bound to save her boy, as she calls him, and in spite of all obstacles, I feel that she'll do it, and I mean to help. Just you leave it to us, and try to look on the bright side. I can't bear to see you worry. You are very kind. You do help me. You make me feel better. Do I? That's great. Mmm. If I, well, I'd like to feel better too, if you just say the word. I know I haven't the right to ask it. Just a plain country lawyer like me, but you're not mad, are you? Mad? Why, of course not. How could I be? Besides, being poor is no disgrace. And as for plain, well, there might be two opinions about that. Leonard, impulsively forgetting himself. Miss, er, uh, Helen? Helen, 
suddenly realising that she is encouraging him too much, changing her mood, repulsing him, though not too pronouncedly. But Dick, you haven't told me. What about him? Where is he? That's right. We have no right to think of other things now. But you, you see, I sort of forgot, and... Why, he's here! I I brought him with me! Here? Yes, we stayed there in Brookville nearly a week, you know, after you all left, and then I decided the only thing to do was to bring him here, have him give himself up, and stand the chances. Miss Newcomb thought so, too. But if they convict him... Well, there doesn't seem to be much use running away. He wants to, thinks they'd never find him, but they always do, and it would be all the worse when they did. They'd hold it against him that he was afraid. Afraid? Of course he's afraid. So am I. Afraid of the horror, the disgrace. Oh, it seems too terrible to be true. How can I ever bear it? Oh, say now, don't give way like that. I can't bear to see you, you know, I... Helen, looking left apprehensions. Is he there? Yes, your man remembered him, it seems. Henson? Yes, he has been with us for years. And he's keeping him out there for the present. Do you want to see him? No, not yet. I can't. I have a caller. He is waiting for me in the library. Hmm. Oh, a he-caller. Yes, and a very important he. So I ask you to excuse me. I will have Henson tell Aunt Sarah you are here. Goes up, is about to press button. Oh, all right. And then after a while, will you, er, have him inform you that I am still here? Perhaps. If I can get rid of that other he. She smiles, not wholly able to conceal her real feelings for him. He looks relieved. Thanks. Enter Henson, left upper entrance. Henson, tell Miss Newcomb that Mr. Fillmore is here. You will find her in her room, I think. The blue room. Exit Henson upstairs. Blue room. Pretty appropriate, seems to me. Kind of in that state myself, unless you change it. Helen ignores this remark though she looks back with a faint smile as she exits right. Leonard looks after her adoringly, goes up right, then comes back, shaking his head doubtfully, but with an expression of determination. Enter Henson, coming downstairs, partway to centre. Miss Newcomb will be right down, sir. About to go, lingers. Beg pardon, sir. But, Master Dick, he looks very down and sick-like. Is anything the matter, may I ask, sir? Why, I guess he just isn't feeling his best. No, sir, that's how it struck me, sir. I hope you will pardon me if I seem too familiar, but Master Dick always was a favourite of mine, and I have wondered often, without daring to mention it, what had become of him, so to speak, and how he was. He's been absent for the greater part of a year, if I remember rightly. Yes, he's been away, I believe. You say Miss Newcomb will be right down? Yes, sir. To be sure, sir. I beg pardon. Exit Henson. Left upper exit. Leonard stands down right by table, 
not seeing Sarah as she comes downstairs, enters left upper entrance. Sarah sees him with a pleased expression, comes down, stands close to him a moment before she speaks. Well? Leonard starts slightly, turns, sees her, speaks in an assumed matter-of-fact manner. Fair meddling, ma'am, and I hope I see you the same. First class, I mean. H- how are you? Sarah, as they shake hands warmly. Oh, Len, it's good for sore eyes to see you. I've been waiting and hoping and praying, expecting you every minute. And now you're here, I declare I could almost hug you. Why almost? Make it a real one. Oh, Len, I've almost died here this last week with six or eight months in it. It's been terrible. Pshaw, that'll never do. I thought you were the brave one. It won't do for you to give up. No, of course, and I don't mean to, but... Well, it's the lonesomeness of it. I'm like a cat in a strange garret and as homesick as anything. At least, I suppose that's what the feeling is I've got here. And here, and... Oh, all over me. But sit down, Len, and tell me everything. They sit, Leonard pretending to misunderstand her. Well, when I left, the brindle cow was beginning to wean her calf. The pigs were fatter than never and just fit to kill. Aaron Flint seemed to be getting along a little better in a certain direction. I guess their being left there alone sort of softens the obdurate lady. And, uh, anything else? Leonard Fillmore... You know it isn't all that I want to know. Of course it's that, too. And I'm glad if Lillian has begun to give in a little, though goodness knows it's time. But it's my boy, Len. Dick. How is he? Where is he? And... Oh, he's well and safe, and not far off. But first, I want to hear about you. How do you like it here? Oh, as well as could be expected, I suppose. Me, in this highfalutin place. But I've wished I was back home every minute. Such foolishness. Such extravagance. Well, it was your own doings. You would do it, you know. Yes, I know, and I'm not sorry as I know of. But it's something terrible, the way M has lived and got into debt, trying to keep up appearances, as she calls it. It's simply scandalous. A butler and everything. Land, he's the stiffest thing in the shape of a man I ever did see. I was fairly afraid of him at first, the way he puffed himself up and said, Yes, madam, no, madam, and madam this, and madam that, till I up and told him I wonder madam and had no desire to be, and wouldn't he please just call me Miss Newcomb? I'm beginning to get a little bit used to him now and to a few other things, but I declare, I guess the farm's the place for me. Nonsense. I'd trust you with the best of them. They can't make a fool of you. Too late, maybe. But maybe it'd be just as well to let some folks think they can. Who? Why? Well, some of the city folks, the kind that think us from the country are all as green as grass... Maybe I can get the best of some of them and find out a few things all the easier if I let him think I don't know a street car from a steamboat. Not but what I do, and I guess I can see through a barn door when it's wide open. <laughs> well, I should say you can. 
but if some of the big bug detectives and all that are trying to find dick and prove he's what they'll say he is think i'm but a poor simple little old maid from the country why i guess it'll make the way all the clearer for me when i try to show him a thing or two well now i don't know but there's something in that i'm here to save my boy and it's any means to that end you know how crazy i've always been about reading those detective stories len murder mysteries and such trash you call em why yes i guess you've read a hundred say seven hundred and you'll be nearer to it well i'm glad i have they've sort of given me an insight into things clues and such i feel as if i could beat the best detective in new york city at his own game i'd like the chance and maybe i'll have it before we get through i guess you'll find it a hard job miss newcomb they're a slick lot and i'm afraid in this instance they'll have it pretty much their own way to tell the truth i don't see a loophole as yet but there must be one len there's got to be there always is in all those detective stories the one you're sure did it and that everything's against never did it's when they come up against a blank wall and you think there's no way around through or over that a way opens up after all and there will this time len there must i hope so but don't you think you need a bigger man than i am to help you miss newcomb i'm only a country lawyer after all you know without much experience now see here len fillmore don't you begin that all over again you know my opinion and that ends it if you're not what they call a big man yet you're going to be and maybe this is your chance to prove it i want you to show him what you can do you and me together in spite of the best of them they may think we are two greenies from the country and as easy as pie well let them think so till we open their eyes and show them a thing or two leonard giving her his hand we will put it there that's the way to talk go ahead don't leave a stone unturned till we've overthrown that stone wall we're up against i'm back of you with all i've got to my last cent all i can beg borrow or i was going to say steal and i don't know but i'd do even that to save dick but where is he can't i see him sure he's right here here in this house and you haven't told me all this time going up looking off left upper entrance excited where is he i want to see him and so you shall but i want to be sure his mother doesn't know he is here helen uh, miss brewster thinks it best for her not to know about it yet there is no danger she's gone to her room and won't come down till dinner's ready probably where is helen have you seen her hmm why she just went in what they call the library to see a caller a he one oh i suppose it's that rich mr deering her mother's trying to catch for her she can't endure him and i know it since she saw a certain other he i could mention miss newcomb you're on the wrong scent there isn't a chance in the world for me ah, who said anything about you i guess there's more than two he's in the world at any rate she ain't good enough for you vain stuck-up thing no she isn't that you wrong her 
Oh, sticking up for her, are you? Sure sign. I guess you can't fool me. I've read too many detective stories, you know, not to see a clue when it's laying around loose. And I found a pretty good one some time ago, in that direction. But don't you think you're up against another stone wall? Well, if I am, I'm pretty good at climbing over. And I might give you a boost, if necessary. <laughs> Thanks. I guess I'll need it. He has gone up to left upper exit. She is close to him. And now I'll get Dick. Exit Leonard, left upper exit. Sarah stands, looks off anxiously. There is a short pause, then Dick enters left upper entrance cautiously, looking about as if afraid. He looks much neater than in first act, but is still pale, showing signs of his fear and worry. Sarah welcomes him joyously, taking him in her arms in silence. He brightens a bit as he sees her. Sarah, after a moment's pause. Dick, my boy, my poor boy. Is nobody else here? Mother? Helen? Not now. You can see Helen in a few minutes, maybe. I don't know about your mother. She doesn't know yet, and, uh, but we'll see. Just now I want you to talk to me a little. She has led him to Davenport, left. Sits by his side. How are you, Dick? Keeping up bravely? I'm trying to, Aunt Sarah, but it's hard. It's been almost more than I could stand. If it wasn't for you and Mr. Fillmore, I guess I'd end it all. I couldn't face it alone. I don't know as I can, anyway. There doesn't seem to be a chance for me. Not a chance. Why, yes, there is, Dick. There's always a chance. I believe in you. So does he. And there's sure to be some way of proving your innocence. We're going to find it, too, and save you. Aren't we, Len? Leonard has been standing right, not listening to them. He has looked off right in a manner that shows he is thinking of Helen and her companion. He now turns, comes to centre. Sure, of course we are. You say that, but if you meant it, if you really wanted to save me, you'd let me get away. You wouldn't ask me to stay here and face it. No, nor you either, Aunt Sarah. I tell you, I can't. He springs up as if to go. Sarah detains him. Dick, my boy. There, there, you'll be all right. You must listen to reason. Reason? Reason? You call it reason for me to stay here and give myself up? Without a chance in the world. I tell you they've got it on me. But if I don't give myself up, they'll never find me. They can't. They don't know my name or anything. I'll be safe. If you'll only let me go away. Are you sure they don't? Any of them? No? No, of course they don't. Miss Navarre was the only one. The maid never saw me before, nor that man. I got away before anybody else came. I tell you, they haven't got a chance in the world. Let me go. You will. You must. You don't want me to stay here and get hanged, for what I never did. You can't make me do that. You can't. He breaks down, sinking on couch and covering face with hands. Sarah sits by him, striving to comfort him. You're sure nobody knows that it was you in that woman's room when she was killed, not the man, nor the maid. No, 
Neither of them ever saw me before. I used to meet Miss Navarre at the stage door and take her out to supper, but that night was the first time she ever let me go home with her. She didn't want to then, but I went. So you see, her maid never had seen me, and as for that man who was there, he was a perfect stranger to me. If that's so, why, the police haven't a thing to go by. No name, no picture, so long as neither of those two sees you. But would you want him to run away? If we believe him innocent, and that is his only chance, as it seems to be, I don't know, but it would be the best thing for him to do. Yes, yes, of course it is. That's what I've been trying to tell you all along, only you wouldn't listen to me. If I go away somewhere, it'll be all right. But if they find out who I am and catch me, I tell you everything is dead against me unless you let me go away. You will, won't you? Don't you see, Aunt Sarah? It's my only chance. Ah, there must be some way of finding out the truth. You're innocent, Dick. I believe that. And I mean to go to work and prove it. But if you couldn't, if you failed... Yes, Miss Newcomb, we've got to think of that, if you failed. And I'm afraid the chances are that you would. I've been looking into the matter thoroughly, trying to see what defense we could put up. And I must confess, it looks pretty dubious. The police say all they have to do is find their man. They've put their machine to work to find him. And it's more than likely they'll succeed if Dick stays here. When can I go? Tonight? Now? Oh, not tonight. You can't go tonight, Dick. You must stay here till tomorrow morning. Then Mr. Fillmore can see that you get away, if that's what's best. And I don't know, but it is. You must be saved, Dick. Some way. But I can't wait. I'm afraid. He's right. He must go tonight. You keep him here for an hour or so, Miss Newcomb. And in the meantime, I'll go and get some things ready. Buy a ticket, and then come back for him. But where to? Where shall he go? Why not to the farm? Lily Ann and Aaron would look after him. No, not yet. They might trace him there, through his mother. They do all sorts of unlikely things, you know. He'll have to go farther away, say to the west. I'll buy a ticket. He can, he can leave late tonight. Yes, I know I can do it. He braces up, looking more hopeful, rising. Leonard starts up left. All right, just as you say, Len. You go and make the arrangements. I'll take Dick up to my room. Nobody will see him there. But I suppose we'd better tell Helen? Yes, it would be best to let her know. We can still keep it from his mother. Leonard goes up, about to exit, but pauses, looks off right. They are coming, Miss Brewster, and... Dick starts to go. Sarah holds him, then leads him to left second exit. Here, come in here, till he goes. Then I'll get you upstairs. Exeunt Sarah and Dick, left second exit. Leonard glances right, then goes up, gets hat and coat, exits left upper exit. Enter Helen and Deering, right. She seems somewhat disturbed. He shows evidence of anger and chagrin. Do you mean to say that this is your final answer? You refuse me? Yes. I cannot be your wife, Mr. Deering. I don't love you. But if I am willing to wait, to run the chance of being able to win your love... Love does not come like that. I... Hesitates meaningly. 
I see. You don't think I am fit? It is sufficient that I say I do not care to be your wife. It was not so long ago, not many weeks or days, since you seemed rather inclined to consider the transaction. Perhaps you have met the man whom you can regard. I think I understand. I cannot help what you think. There is no more to be said. Starts right, about to go out. You may change your mind. A woman does sometimes, you know. If so, you may find the... the proposition still open. No. Please, you will excuse me. She turns from him, rings bell, and goes upright. After slight pause, enter Henson, left upper entrance. The gentleman's hat and coat, please, Henson. She bows coolly and exits right. Deering stands looking after her, resentment then anger with a mean vindictive expression dawning upon his face. Then he smiles derisively, stops, listens, and goes and looks off left second exit, stands looking off with growing interest. Henson has gone out left upper exit, now returns with Deering's hat and coat, stands up left, waiting. Look, who is that in there? Henson, coming down, looking off left. You mean, sir? There, the young man, talking to Miss Newcombe and the others. That, sir? Why, that's Mr. Richard. You mean Mrs. Brewster's son, Miss Helen's brother? Why, yes, sir. I see. That will do, thank you. You needn't wait. Very well, sir. Exit Henson right. Deering is still looking off left with renewed interest, which becomes repressed excitement with something of exultation. He pauses a moment, then, with a gloating smile, goes up and takes the telephone receiver. Hello? Hello? Give me police headquarters. Yes, the Bureau of Police. The chief of police. At once, please. Waits feverishly. There is an appreciable pause. Then he speaks again with tones that thrill with tense impatience. Yes. Yes. Is this police headquarters? Yes, the chief. It is most important. There is another pause, during which, holding the receiver to his ear... Deering glances towards left with a look of vengeful triumph. Hello, is this the chief of police? All right. Never mind who this is. You are looking for the man who killed Miss Navarre. Laura Navarre, the actress. About two weeks ago? Well, his name is Brewster, Richard Brewster. You will find him at his home, 176 Ellington Avenue. Yes, Ellington. 176. He is there now, but lose no time, send at once, or it will be too late. He hangs up receiver, takes coat and hat, glances once more towards left second exit, with a smile of wicked satisfaction, tosses his head slightly, knowingly, and exits quickly left upper exit. Curtain. End of Act 2